Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your host, Alan Smith. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right, and welcome back to the show, everybody. This is a Friday night special open forum roundtable here on Truth About Trucking Live. Glad you could be with us and join us. Uh, phone lines, listeners, appreciate you tuning in. And uh, Donna, we have quite a few little things that we put up there as uh, as suggestions for the show. But, you know, one thing we're going to hit on first is this weather out there. And I uh, already have Irwin on the line, too, because he has a really, really interesting story. And you know, plowing through that ninety inches of snow. Oh yeah, we got to um, talk to him last night on the phone um, when we found out. And thanks to um, a lot of Facebook people who were spreading a lot of things uh, to let us know the condition of these uh, trucks that were stranded at the shippers. And Erwin will tell you the whole story when he gets on. But um, Heather Heather Blair um, kind of started it off with his wife Beth and Gary Warden and his wife. So um, I, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of other people involved too. And we finally got a private message about it, and uh, you know, contacted Erwin uh, and made sure first of all made sure he was okay if he needed anything, and um, you know, he said fine, but we really need to get this story out because uh, I don't know about you, but when you were talking to him, Alan, um, wasn't it? I mean, you're on the road, you were on the road, so you know what it's like out there. I was just <coughs> flabbergasted when I heard the the treatment of these trucks. Um, is this something you had to deal with when you were out on the road too? Oh yeah, all the time. And it's like, uh, you know, Irwin said on the phone too, that, you know, it's just it's just it's still a continuing problem. But I tell you what, we're going to jump right in it. Uh, lines are filling up so far. Just a, a lot of listeners uh, appreciate it. But Irwin is on the line. Take a quick break, and we'll start it off. We'll start the uh, trucking roundtable off with Irwin's story, and you'll hear it firsthand. Hang with us, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. 
There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheet Central. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back, Open Forum Trucking Roundtable. We're going to go, uh, thanks to uh, everyone jumping in here on the lines. Let's see, I see uh, Ohio, uh, South Carolina, New York, Kentucky, Arizona, and the other ones I didn't get to. So appreciate you being here, but we're just going to jump on in here with Erwin uh, calling in. Um, he has a, a very interesting story. I'm sure everyone will be uh interested in hearing and heather's with us too i'm going to open up her line and uh, because she uh, really jumped on social media and got this ball rolling so um uh erwin hey welcome to the show how you doing pretty good thanks how you all doing oh we're hanging in here and heather uh your line open uh, welcome to the show heather hello how are you hey heather hey heather hi heather and uh, let me see here, uh, area code 302, area code 302, let me see who we have here. Who's, who's area code 302? Rich. Hey, Rich, I thought that was you. Okay, all of your lines are open. Let me look here, scroll way down here. Everyone else seems to be listening. Okay, um, well, Erwin, go ahead. Tell us uh, tell us your story. You've had you've got quite a bit of a story about that weather up there in New York. What what happened? Yeah. Well, you know the weather's the weather. You know we we got stuck in it. Let's put it that way. You know, and and uh, you know that's that's all you know part of what we deal with sometimes out here. But what uh, what I had to deal with had to do with uh, what happened to me when I got to where I was going to pick up a load Monday night. 
uh, when the snow really started to just kind of come in. It wasn't really supposed to come in until Tuesday, but it come in Monday night. I thought I'd get my load and head, get out of there and head for Texas. But I got to this place there, Snow Wheel Distribution there in West Seneca, New York, and, uh, you know, pulled in, checked in. They took my cell number and said, yeah, we'll get you a door as soon as we can, you know. You're out of your appointment. Just go park in our lot down the road, you know, right, you know, right around the corner, basically. Where now, it was. wasn't snowing yet, right, Irwin? Well, no, it was starting to snow then. It was, you know, it was coming down. Yeah, it was coming down. It was, you know, it was coming down pretty big flakes. But, I mean, the roads, I, I come out of Rochester to come pick the load up. You know, the roads were, you know, 90 was fine. You know, the secondary roads, it wasn't clogging them up yet. But, it, you know, it started to snow, you know. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, enough to where when you got to the back down there, you know, like where these warehouses was, it was definitely sticking to the grounds out there. And, uh, anyways, I got checked in. Like I said, they told me, you know, just go park and we'll give you a holler when we get your door. And I said, okay. So about 9 o'clock, they, they hollered at me. You know, I got there about 6. They hollered at me at 9, you know, gave me a door. And uh, I went to go to the door. Of course, now, you know, it, it's snowing pretty good, and, and it had been snowing for a few hours. So so no biggie. You know, I go to, you know, go to get the door at door number one. There was four doors at that location, and, and um, a gentleman was trying to pull out at door number two. He's about halfway out, and he's stuck. So he told me, he said, I got, I, he goes, I can't get out. I'm going to have to change, so I, I might be in your way. I said, well, I can back around you if you don't have a problem. He said, no, you know, so I tried to back around and it was fine. I started getting lined up for the dock, and then my tires started losing it, even with it being locked in, I, you know, and it was a pretty good slope in the dock. So I thought, you know, this isn't good. I'm not going to get stuck in the dock. So I finally, you know, after I realized going back and forth, it ain't going to happen, I pulled back out. I went inside, told the gentleman, you know, what was going on out there, you know, that it's starting to come down pretty good, and your docks are pretty pretty greasy right now. And, you know, he, he said, yeah, well, we're going to have to do something about that. We'll get us a we'll get us a, a plow out here and we'll, you know, take care of that, take care of that, you know. And, and I said, okay, that sounds good. I said, you know, in the meantime, you know, you want me to, you know, head back to that lot? You want me to hang around? You got a lot, you know, a plow around? He said, no, we're going to have to call it in. I said, okay. So he said, yeah, just head over there. We'll give you a call. So, so anyways, you know, like I said, it was about 9 o'clock. I went and parked my truck, you know. Of course, you know, I, I figured it's going to be a little bit, so I crawled in the bunk, you know, fell asleep. And about three hours later, you know, I get a bang on the door, I look out, and it's a guy, he, he says, hey, man, you guys, you got to pull off the lot. you got to pull off this lot. And I said, what do you mean, this lot? What do, uh, you know, he says, were you loaded? I said, no, I'm picking up a load. They're supposed to call me for a door. He said, no, man, we got to get these trucks off this lot right here because, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to clean this lot up or something. I said, okay, you know, no problem. He says, you know, just pull out in the street. There's another truck already out there. Just pull right up there and line up with them. You'll be fine, you know. They'll get a hold of you here. Probably might be late or it might even be early morning, but they'll get a hold of you. They're getting things taken care of. I said, okay, yeah, no problem. You know, nothing to think twice about. It. I pull out in the street and, uh, you know, look, of course, it's still stalling pretty good. I thought, well, whatever, you know, I'm going to go to bed and they'll give me a call and they get things taken care of, you know. So, of course, I fall asleep and I wake up about 8, 8.30 in the morning on Tuesday. And, uh, of course, we're buried at this point. So I'm like, holy yeah. moly, you know, I'm not going anywhere today. And God knows when I am, because it's still coming down. No big deal, you know. But I thought, you know, no one called me here. What's going on? You know, I sent a message to the company I'm leased to. I said, hey, man, I said, uh, nobody's called. Uh, I can't get a hold of anybody on their phones. I said, uh, do you know anything that's going on here at this place? They said, no, we haven't heard nothing from anybody. You know, I said, you got to be kidding. 
So sometime between about 2 in the morning and 8 o'clock in the morning, they shut down their operation, you know? Yeah. And and, and, nobody and they never told anybody. Never bothered telling you. Yeah, they didn't tell any of us that were parked on that street. I mean, you know, I have my reefer running, so, you know, because they wanted a pre-cool, whatever. I mean, like I said, I, me, I'd have come knocked on somebody's door. But they had my phone. They could have at least given me the courtesy to call me and say, hey, man, we're shutting down our operation, you know. Uh, we don't know when we'll be back because of this weather. You know? Now, let me ask you something. But can yeah, I ask you something now? Did did Prime know all this was going on? Because you lease with Prime, don't you? Is, is or are you a yes. company driver? No, I'm 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 an owner operator leased to Prime. Okay. And, uh, so they, um, they, they knew they knew Tuesday morning after I said, "Hey man, did anybody contact you?" They said, "No." What's going on out there? And then I explained to them what was going on. And they said, mm-hmm. no, nobody contacted us. You know, they're like, well, that's, you know, that's crazy. Da, da, da. And, you know, well, you know, wh- what can you do at this point? I told them, I can't do anything, my friend. This truck's buried. And as you guys seen from the first video I posted from day one, or I, I might have called it day two, I was buried. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I knew I wasn't going anywhere. And I wasn't walking out either. I couldn't have gone anywhere. Now, when you were having all that problem at the docks, you know, with all the trucks getting stuck and everything, um, did they still make you believe that you were going to get loaded? Absolutely. Absolutely they did. They they told me to go back over to the other lot, that they would give me a call when they got it taken care of. I said, no problem. You know, like I said, I didn't even think twice about it. I mean, I still even wasn't even worried about it with the snow coming down that was at that point in time. I went over, parked, went to sleep. Like I said, about 2 in the morning, somebody from their company knocked on my door, and every there was five other drivers in that lot. And there might have even been more, but I know there was five of us that ended up out in the street and told us we needed to get off their lot there and park in the street, and somebody would get a hold of us by morning, latest to get us into a door that they needed to okay so you went to sleep so on and so forth absolutely i went to sleep but nobody called okay so yeah so when you were sleeping they just shut everything down took off and just never bothered telling you if you were out there on the street if they if you were out there on the street they had to when they were leaving because of the you know the blizzard and everything they had to drive right did, did they drive just right by your truck to get they had to to get out right well, absolutely, they had to. They've had, they, you know, the people that were in that part of the warehouse, they, they knew we were out there. I mean, like I said, they had my phone number. They'd already called me once for the door when I couldn't get in it. So they had my phone number. I mean, everybody that checks in there, the first thing they do is ask you for your load number. You tell them, they say, okay, can I get your cell phone number? We'll call you when our door is available. That's how they work it there. And then they'd send you over to that secondary lot to wait for them. But like I said, at about 2 in the morning, they had somebody tell us to get off that lot because they you know, were going to be coming in to clean it. So I figured, hey, their plow's coming. They're going to be cleaning everything up. I went and parked on the street, went back to the bunk, you know, wait for them to call me. And like I said, woke up at 8 in the morning, whatever, 8.30, nobody. And like I said, by that time, we were literally buried. Yeah, everybody was gone, and you were buried. and, and uh yep. Uh, hey, hello to uh, hello to the listeners from New York, uh, Missouri, New Jersey, who's joining us. Appreciate it. And right, and now Heather, you uh, and, and Richard, your line's open too. But Heather, 
Have you uh, have you spoken with Irwin since uh, this all started? Or is this the first time? This is the first time. Okay, uh, well. All right. So let how how did you get involved? And I know you you just took the you're the one that really got this thing rolled and just took the bulls by the horn. Tell tell us what you did. How did you first come become aware of Irwin's situation? Well, um, I was actually on different forums and um, different trucking pages just doing my normal thing and looking for if there's any stranded drivers or anything and came across uh, a lot of videos of the storm and drivers trying to flag down cops and none of the cops were even stopping there, literally looking at them and keep on driving by on the video. And they had turned around and faced like uh, four-wheelers that were between trucks and making comments going, uh, there's other people in these little cars that need help. And then all of a sudden I came across Irwin's and, and I kind of went, this is, this is bull. <laughs> they can't keep on doing this. This is just wrong. And they, you know, no matter, I mean, this could be anybody's family. I mean, our grandkids or his in the granny cars, you know, it's not just even about truckers. It's about everybody. You know, and they're not even checking to see if they're okay and are alive. And being from Michigan, I know how frigid the temperatures can be. Within seconds, you could be you can be dead. You know, it can turn to worse really quick. Mm-hmm. And I decided I was going to contact um, the chief of police over there, and I asked them, Erwin, if it was okay if I if I did that and used the pictures, and that's how this all went down. Yeah, and the police, Erwin, now that's an interesting story in itself. What was it? The state trooper came out to check for you or a county mountie, or what was that story? Uh, local, yeah, a local cop there, um, West Seneca Police Department there. I, I happened to be, I was, you know, it was, day, it was daylight. It was, uh, I believe that, I believe it was on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I can't remember which day now. I'd have to look it up. I got all that stuff documented on my phone. But anyways, uh I, I was sitting sitting in the bunk area for a second, and I just happened to glance up in the truck in front of me. Uh, I seen a you know the the cop pull up, and he was getting out and knocking on the guy's door. So I was like, whoa, you know. So I I uh, opened my door, you know. Of course, I didn't, you know. I just opened my door and I hollered at the guy. I said, hey man, what's going on? And the cop turned to me and he said, what do you mean, what's going on? I said. I'm kind of wondering if uh, they're going to be getting any plows or anything down this way for us. And the guy says, well, you know, this is considered a private road. You're on your own, my friend. And then he talked to that. And the reason he was stopping to talk to that driver was that guy hadn't contacted his company in two days, and they were worried about him. And I found out today when I was talking to that driver today, Okay, he, you know, when we we were the last two guys to get out, him and I, and we were talking this morning, and I asked him, I said, what, what what all did that cop say to you? He said, all that cop said to me was, I'm here because your company was worried about you. They hadn't heard you in two days. And he said, and the guy, he said, he before he could get any more words out, because he was going to ask the cop, well, what's going on? You know, basically the same thing. You know, do you, you have any word on any help coming or anything like that? Or you know, cop didn't ask him about it. if he needed anything. The cop said, well, there you go. Have a good day. He got in his car and he left. Of course, the way he was going, I knew he was going to have to turn around and come right back down that same path. Right. So I got out of my truck at that point and stood in that path. 
and took a picture of him. I sh- why I didn't hit my video at the time, whatever, it's no big deal. I took a picture of him. He's coming right at me. I, I got my hands up, kind of like, you know, with your palms up going, hey, you know, and he just kind of looks at me, so I kind of step aside. He just kept on going. And, and I have to say, I see him looking in the rear view mirror, and at that point, you know, something I shouldn't have done. But, you know, at that point, he's halfway gone from me and well on down the road. and knew he wasn't stopping. So, I, you know, I gave him the bird and said, well, I'm going to come back. And, of course, he didn't, you know. Um, and, yeah, that was, you know, unbelievable that, you know, he didn't even, you know, ask, are we okay? You know? Yeah, that is. Yeah, scary. well, I guess uh, I, I mean, guess law enforcement is concerned with your welfare unless you're on a private road and then you're on your own, huh? I, I guess you know. I mean, I know that you know. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure there was many more people. I mean, that that's a brutal storm that hit, and and getting out of there today and seeing some of the other little towns I had to drive to, unbelievable. But and I'm sure there was plenty of other people that needed more help than we did. But how would he have even known that if he never asked? Well, see, that's the thing. That's what we talked about on the phone last night. They didn't know how much fuel you had. They didn't know if you had enough food in the truck. I mean, this happened Monday, and what, you just got you just got out today, right? Yes, I just got out today, about about four about four or five hours ago. I'm almost down here to Youngstown. I deadhead, I'm deadheading myself to Youngstown to, to, uh, to, you know, set myself up for some freight tomorrow uh, at some point. Um well, so, and see, well, I, ha- I have another. I have even more to go with this story that's newly added today. I actually spoke to Mr. Wilson, the CEO, which his number was on those emails. That um, the CEO of who? Of Sunwall Corporation. Of the company. Of this shipper. Company. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> you? Huh? It wasn't you. No, not me. You're not Mr. Wilson. Uh, yeah, well, I am, but, but not that one. <laughs> I hear you, brother. I hear you. No, no but um, I, I had spoke to him today because my wife had called him um, at, this morning and talked to him and, you know, was kind of explaining to him what happened and, and, and her her worries about why why did this happen and why didn't these people do that? And he tried to kind of blow her off in a way. He was cordial and everything with her, but he tried to blow her off and say, well, you know, the weather and this. And she says, you know, we're not talking about the weather. We're talking about the, the humanity part of this. Why would you? Why would your employees leave somebody out there knowing they're closing and leaving and them not knowing that? So anyway, he was very, very the quiet. Yeah, the bottom line, and then he also told her, he said to her, he says, he says, well, I can assure you one thing, Mrs. Thompson, that you, that we had somebody go out and check on those drivers last night and this morning, okay, which is a bold-faced lie, okay? Right. So I finally, I finally called this, this man today. I said, you know, he answered, it's his cell phone. And I said, you know, Mr. Wilson, you know, this is, you know, Erwin Thompson. I'm, I'm a lease, you know, I'm an owner-operator lease to a, a prime incorporated. I was one of the drivers that was actually stuck out at one of your locations. I said, now, I'm not calling to talk to you about the weather or anything else. What I'm calling to talk to you about is what happened to me and how it went down. And if you have some time, I would love to tell you. And he was very cordial again. He said, sure. So I told him the whole story, which you've all pretty much heard. I told him exactly how it went down and said, you know, now if that was your daughter or son or relative, 
or somebody that you care about. Is that how you would want your employees to treat them? I said, it's just not right, sir. I said, that's why I'm upset. The weather I can care less with. I've been stuck in snowstorms before. That happens. But what happened there is not right at all. And then again, he went into, he actually went into Heather's letter. He said, well, you know, I don't know if you, I said, yes, I know Heather. And yes, I know about all the emails. I have copies of them. And he tried to kind of go in there. He goes, well, I said to her, I told her that I had a guy come out and there wasn't five trucks. Or I said, I said, Mr. Wilson, I said, I don't want to be nasty and whatever. I says, but whoever told you that, it's a complete falsification. I have video logs of every day I was there and I walked down the line and you can see all those trucks. I said, matter of fact, sir, I can tell you every truck that was there and I can tell you when they got out. The day you're saying your man came out and there wasn't five trucks, if he said there was four, I'd believe him. Because at that point, one guy did get out on Thursday or on Friday. Yeah. I said, I said, and the other truck that was there was DOT, Dot Foods. The one in front of it was one of your trucks, Innovation or Innovative or whatever. And I said, I don't know if that's your company. He said, actually, that is my company. I said, okay, and I know who that driver is, too, because I've spoke to him, and I gave him his name. He said, okay. I said, then the next truck was mine, the Brian truck. The next one in front of that was the Napa truck. I said, so, so whatever that gentleman told you is an absolute, I was being nice. I didn't call the guy a flat-out liar. I said, he's an, it's an absolute falsification. And then he goes, well, whoa, he says, now let me tell you, this guy is as good as go." I said, look, again, Mr. Wilson, I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't, if, if you think this guy's as good as gold, I can tell you right flat out right now, he's not. Because gold, he gold. <laughs> told you uh, un, he told you an absolute falsification of the story. And I says, and another thing, you told my wife. Okay, so if there wasn't five trucks or there wasn't trucks out there like you're trying to say there wasn't, you told my wife this morning that you had somebody come out and check on these drivers. Ain't nobody knocked on our door, sir, and I've got phone numbers from two other drivers that will verify exactly what I'm saying here. I said, so here's the deal. I said, the deal is now you know what the story is. I said, as far as me dealing with your company will never happen again. What you do with this is your own thing. But if I was you, I think you ought to teach your people how to have some humanity and how to deal with human beings. Well, you know, I could take that a a step farther. Um, uh, 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 Irwin, this is Donna. I would take that a step farther. He obviously knows the truth, and this is all about the accountability that we're trying to bring apart. What he should have done was right then and there say, you know what, you're right, I'm going to talk to these people. That is not. This is not the way to uh, to treat uh, anybody, uh, let alone right. you know people dealing with us. And that right. is the way you you deal with issues like this. Not to make right. the person look like a liar, um, or to justify to lie yourself and say you went out there and checked on them. I mean, th- this is this this is infuriating. Actually, right. I agree. Okay, and, I agree. And, and Richard, are you on the line? Yes, ma'am. What What do you think of all this? And Rich, just introduce yourself. You know what you do, who you're with, and all that, so people know. 
Rich Wilson. I'm a consultant with TCRG Consulting, regulatory compliance specialist. Um, I can appreciate exactly what he's saying because it happened to me in 1977. Uh, almost. And the funny thing is, like deja vu. Um, I had a load of newspaper inserts for like Parade Magazine for Sunday paper, and I went in and back into the Buffalo Press, and unfortunately I didn't have a sleeper, <laughs> and I had an old <laughs> white road boss, and I was sitting in the dock, and all of a sudden I saw the guy come to the door, lock the door, and he was leaving. I said, where are you going? Home. I said, what do you mean you're going home? He said, snowstorm coming got to get out of here and left me sitting there and i ended up unhooking because the the uh, load dock bar had my trailer trapped went to the holiday inn downtown buffalo when i woke up the next morning seven and a half inches of my stack was sitting out of the snow so i was in the hotel for seven days thank god it was a hotel but uh same identical thing you know happened it happened to him and unfortunately what they're going to tell you is snow emergency uh, basically all bets are off uh, the coming out and checking on them part um, he's the CEO of a company you know what's he supposed to say you know he uh, he's taking up for his people that obviously are uh, liars I'll say it for him um, uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. they're, and what are they going to tell the CEO? Oh, no, we just went home. No. Oh, yeah, we went out and checked on them. It's our word, your employees, against Irwin's words. Well, until they learn that Irwin's words are probably more reliable than the employees' words, you know, what's he going to do? I mean, I understand. I don't agree with it, but I think that's just basically – how things go down in that situation, and I mean, shippers and receivers have been lying like this for years. Why? Why should this storm be any different? You know what I mean? Well, I want to ask you though. Okay, this is the part that you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just beside myself. Let me open up a couple more lines here, real quick. Just saying uh-huh. hello to uh, listeners popping in here: North Dakota, Missouri, uh, Florida, Illinois. Welcome to the show. Let me open up North North Dakota line, area code 701, if they want to get in on the uh, conversation. Uh, who do we have here? This is Deb. Hey, Deb. And let me open up Missouri, uh, area code 417. Uh, and who do we have here? It's Hal. You should know me by now. Hey, Hal. Hey, Hal. Okay, everybody's lying. Let me look here. New York, Kentucky, Arizona, Florida, Illinois. They're just listening right now. Let me open up Irwin's again because we're getting a little feedback. I think it's uh, we're getting a little feedback from Irwin's line, but everybody's open now. But go ahead, Richard. Well, no, what I was saying is, uh, and this is what bothered me, was is it, what could possibly be the reason that you would not tell these drivers that you were leaving and closing up to give them a heads up so that they could leave? Is there any – I mean – what is it? No, I, I I can tell you what it is. They're inconsiderate. Tell me, please. Were, yeah, they were inconsiderate. Okay, let me. They let me. About them, they, they, they were worrying about themselves. Okay, you know. but how long does it take to make to make five phone calls? Even uh, if you're worried about yourself. Well, see, the thing is, I mean, we look at this as what 
you know, is morally responsible. But obviously the people in the plant really didn't give a, you know, they didn't give a darn, you know. They yeah. just decided, hey, we're going home. You know, the truck drivers are on their own, which is, I think, the general opinion that most people in a receiver dock or loading dock has to drivers. You know, they're on their own. We're going home. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Can obvious, too, because, because I, I mean, they drove right... They drove right by the truck. So, uh, mm-hmm. who was that, yeah. Deb? Yeah, I, I have a couple yeah. questions to ask. I just got on. Um, sure. Is it? I mean, don't you have sense enough to say everybody's leaving? There's a storm coming. I'm getting out of here and leave. I would have left. Well, first of all, I never would have went there knowing that storm was coming. I have stopped my truck and trailer. I have stopped loads before. I have left plants. I don't understand. You know, I agree that the plant should have said something to you, yes. But why didn't you leave? Or in the first place, why did you even go there knowing that storm was coming in? Well, can I can I answer that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think you already have, but yeah. she might have missed it. Go ahead. Yeah, first of all, first of all, when I when I got this load, I was in Rochester, New York, okay? Up and down the throughway, it pretty much told us that storm was coming in. Pretty much from what I was looking at, it was coming in Tuesday morning. That's what that's what the claims of the storm was, okay? I know that storm's coming in, and I also know that when I do get loaded, I'm going to be driving through it. But I'm going to take that low because I'm in Buffalo, New York, or heading to Buffalo, and pretty much that's the way i got to go out anyways. Okay, so the reason I take the load is because I'm trying to make a living out here, for one. Okay, for two is if we tried to drive around every storm out here, uh, people wouldn't have their things. Okay, and then, and then for three was when I got there, the, the, it just started to snow pretty good. Okay. And when people tell me, I take people's word as it is. When they tell me, hey, man, we're going to get this cleaned up, we can get you in the dock, you go ahead and park it, and we're going to call you, I'll take them on their word. Now, like I said, by this time in the morning when they moved us out to the street, it was 2 in the morning. Yes, it was snow, and yes, there was probably a good 3 or 4 inches on the ground. Big deal. How many times have you driven through 4 inches of snow? I've done it for 22 years, Okay. So then I go to sleep. Say so when I wake up, okay, that storm came in a lot earlier than it was supposed to. It had already dumped three and a half feet in about a seven-hour period. So, so yeah, and they they just I mean that's why they just shut. I mean, yeah, they just shut. They just shut down and drove away. Yeah, right. I mean, I've heard I've heard a few people say the same thing. Well, if you had sense enough, you know, you know, it doesn't always work that way, you know. You're in an area already. You're there. I mean, you don't. You can't just drive. I mean, you're going to drive through it one way or the other. So should I drive through it and not make money or drive through it and make money? At the time, you know, I mean, if it was coming down three inches an hour at the point when I got the load, no, I would I'd have probably already had it parked anyways. Yeah. In that, situa- in that situation, I probably would have gone in and tried to load, too, because I've run the, I've run the throughway Many, 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 many yeah. years I ran up into Buffalo, yeah. Rochester, and trust me, it's a heck of a lot easier to run loaded and it's empty. Absolutely. Yeah, even if that. Did, it, you, make any money? Did you make any money, or are you having to pay money out to get your truck taken care of? 
Well, guess what? Now I'm not making any money because I won't haul their freight, huh? I'm, I deadheaded my, I'm deadheading myself down to Youngstown, Ohio to get a load because I won't haul their freight. Did you have to get plowed out? Did you have yes, to get plowed out? Yes, I did. Did that, did that cost you money? Nope. Not going to cost me a dime. The company I'm leased to is taking care of it. Good. Yeah, that was a good deal. Good. Hey, let me yeah, open up. Uh, we've got... Arizona, Illinois, wanting to get in on here. Arizona, area code 928. Uh, welcome to the show. Who do we have here? Hi, this is Beth Thompson. I'm Irwin's wife. Hey, oh, Beth. Hey, Beth. Hold on just a second, and we'll get to you. Illinois, uh, come on, open up here. Man, i got a lot of lines here. Illinois, area code 630. Uh, welcome to the show. Who do we have here? Uh, Dave Noss. Dave. Hey, hey, Dave. How are you? All right. Well, everybody's lines open. Let me scroll down here. Okay, got everybody up. Well, Beth, uh, uh, go ahead. What? Uh, what? Where'd you fit in all this? Being Irwin's wanna, wife, I'm wanna, sure you were pretty upset. I want to hear the conversation, Beth, with you and uh, and Mr. Wilson. And that's not the Mr. Wilson who's on line here. Right. Well, you know, first of all, I just want to thank everybody. Um, You've been more than kind to Irwin and I, and it was. It was a horrible, frustrating ordeal that we went through. Um, This morning I spoke with Mr. Wilson, um, and pretty much what Irwin told you, you know, I spoke with him. My concern was not the fact that there was weather. I'm used to Irwin driving in all types of weather. The concern was that nobody had the courtesy to let these men or if there were women out there, know that they were leaving mm-hmm. and leaving these people stranded. And, it was horrible. You know, it's horrible. It was horrible, and I think it comes to a point where, you know, I, I'm grateful to you guys for taking the initiative, Heather taking the initiative to write the letters. Um, but really, what we, my feeling is, what we need to do is get with these trucking companies. And say you're not treating our men and women like this. This right. is going to stop. Right. Uh, that that's what I was telling telling Erwin last night when we when we were on the phone, the three of us. And um th- this is like so uh timing wise appropriate to say this, but the North American Trucking Alerts and Hal's on the phone too, he's also one of the founders of that. Um is to create this type of accountability, and this is a perfect example of what we're trying to uh, expose, let people know that it exists. Drivers know it exists, you know, this type of behavior, but it it needs to be addressed, and then then the uh, accountability for this type of behavior needs to take place. Because, you know, something, a topic we spoke about, Alan and I, today, we brought up. Drivers complain about wages, okay? But it's so much more than that. Because if, if the, even if you were to get paid 70 cents a mile, okay, as a company driver, would you still feel that the, the, this type of behavior... Uh, the way you're treated by either the carrier, the shipper, um, if you're an owner-operator, the the freight brokers, that you have to tolerate this for any kind of money? 
I, okay. I, my opinion on that is, you know, as a Christian and, first of all, as a human being, nobody, you know, should be treated like this. This is, you know, I, I can remember a story about a tornado one time where the drivers were actually shut out of the building during a tornado warning. So this is, you know, this is nothing new. And I think really it, it has to go back to the companies themselves that these drivers are working for have got to get with these shippers and, and distributors and say, you're not going to treat our employees like this. You know, if if you guys weren't pulling these loads, they wouldn't have companies to begin with. Right. So I, right. I, never, hey. I never got that concept of how they wrap their head around that. that if well, you know what? I, I even read stories that, that, that drivers aren't allowed to use their facilities when they're there. What right. in the and world? I mean... Donna, what? have you ever yes. seen pictures of what drivers have done to public bathrooms at shippers and receivers? I have seen them posted on the walls. And I have never been turned away from a bathroom. I've gone in and spoken with public managers, and they let me go in and use a bathroom. But I have seen pictures posted of what drivers have done to bathrooms. It's our own Well, I tell you, I, and, and, I, and I've heard that too, but I'm going to say, and again, this is all part of the accountability of the North American Trucking Alerts because the drivers, they're not angels either, okay? This is an industry that is highly regulated. And unless everybody within the industry starts to take accountability for all these actions, then the only thing that, that they're going to look at is more regulations because they can't fix or resolve these issues themselves. Am I right? I mean, I mean, this is frustrating when you hear it. Yeah, we, we know the drivers need to step up. But you know what? I think the percentage of that is small, and it ruined it for a lot of good people. Okay? Yeah, and in this situation, I mean, this could have led to a fatality. So this is a little bit more serious. Let me uh, – let's – uh, I'll get Dave in here. I don't know if he wanted to comment or not, but let me open up. A listener from New York uh, wants to get in, I guess, on the conversation. Area code uh, 607 from New York. Who do we have here? Hey, Donna and Alan. It's Tom Kirk. How are you doing today? Oh, hey, Tom. Okay. How are you? All right. Let me look. I'm Got good. everybody. I'm doing good. Good. Got everybody's lines open here. I'm getting feedback from Irwin, so I'm kind of having to jump back from him, but I've got his line up here too. But uh anyway, Dave, uh Dave, did you want to jump in in, in here or do you have some some comment? Um, hi guys. Uh well, hey. all, you know, I was uh operations manager for Roadway Express for 20 years. I used to have to run the terminal uh basically uh, on the night shift. So, you know, that means all the big shots are gone, <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. an operations manager is the main person there at night. So, uh, you know, you're talking about accountability here. Uh, right. I, I could, I'm listening to this. I'm thinking back at all the winters and all the drivers I had to get bring back and forth from the relays. Uh, even independents coming in now, at that time, uh we only uh, we would be able to look into the computer and see an independent maybe coming at us, but we didn't really have uh, any way to communicate, and they never gave us phone numbers or anything like that. 
so obviously there's a, definitely a communication gap here that needs to be fixed. The accountability issue, in my opinion, needs to start from the top down when you're talking about, you know, uh, addressing it with top managers in all the facilities. You're right. There is uh, not only accountability issue, there's a liability issue here. So if that's what's going to get their attention, then that's the, that's the way you're going to have to approach it. I mean, the, when I was there, <laughs> if, if I did anything as stupid as, as not do the best I could, you know, to try to communicate and make sure things happen, I didn't go home. I would have to I would have to sit there and sleep. Absolutely. Sure. So, yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't get. I'm. I I'm listening. I'm thinking, really? Is this stuff still going on? I got out in 2004. Is it still going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> so you know, I, let me ask this: Do, Does anybody know uh, when you're coming and going? Do they have your cell phone? Do they have a way of communicating with you? Because the, whoever's on duty should make an effort to communicate with every driver that's en route or around them or yeah. whatever's going. And he, I'm sorry, you can't go home. You don't like it? Go find another job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, they did, Irwin. I mean, I mean, they, they, the people there in the warehouse, like they do very often, they had your phone number. They, they could have just called you right from the warehouse and said, "Hey, we're shut down. Get out of here." Absolutely. And that's it. You know what I mean? And that's that's his, and that opt, and that manager's job. That's part of his job and his job description. You don't do that. And, you're going to be held accountable. And instead, instead, when Heather Heather is on the line, she called, uh, and so did Beth, his wife, uh, called call. the guy in charge over there, and who who I I think his name was Oliver Wilson. I, if I looked at that page correctly, Peter I will. could be wrong. But instead of saying, you know, you're right, and we're going to fix this. That would have probably made you feel a lot better than the justifications. Am I correct, Beth? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if he would have I, said, "I am so sorry for this," and you know, there's no excuse, I'm going to take care of it. But yeah, when people start justifying behavior and then lying Donna. and saying, "No, there was no trucks," and that that just infuriates you more because now you not only left us there, but now you're calling us stupid on top of it, okay? Right, right. Uh, and yeah, that no, makes me angry. Uh, well, it, make them go out to justify leaving somebody behind like that is ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Make these people go out and change some uh, some lights, some running lights, these managers. Uh, make them go out and change uh, some mud flaps, uh, maybe a tire <laughs> in the snow, you know, just to kind of, uh, you know, Get some cold water on her face. Make them understand a little bit what you guys are up against out there. I mean, I was a driver, too, uh, years back. So, you know, I had to do all that stuff myself. Uh, I don't right. know. Maybe that's why I was a better manager and had more respect for my drivers because I did it. But, uh, you know, at least these kids today, you know, <laughs> they have no Well, you know, Richard it. just posted in the, in the chat room, it, even though it's not the doc's responsibility, that it is a moral responsibility, and see, that's that's the whole thing. Exactly. People just don't care about other people. It's like, hey, I got to get out of here. Well, what about those trucks out there? Oh well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. upper man, upper management needs to be held accountable. There's no doubt about it. It comes from the top down. 
you know, and if, if they don't have a, a process in place and, and job descriptions in place, hold their people accountable, then ultimately they're accountable, in my opinion. <laughs> that's that simple. You know, Heather's on the line. I wanted to ask her a question. Um, did you speak to the police? Because for those who, who came in later, um, there was an officer who actually went by these trucks, and I guess they felt that it wasn't their responsibility either. I wasn't really sure on that story because that was a little far out. But you said that you had either spoken to the sheriff over there or wrote him a letter or something. Could you Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I wrote um, the chief Dev over there at in the um, in New York where he was at, and I still haven't gotten a response from him yet. Um, okay, what wrote, did, what did what did you say in a, in a nutshell? In a nutshell, basically, um, you uphold the oath to protect and serve, and we are asking you to basically stand up and check on these drivers to make sure they're alive. Um. You know, they have families just like I'm sure you do, and you are to hold your officers since you are in charge to uphold that oath that you took, just like military men and women. Uh-huh. And our firefighters and our EMS took an oath. Where did your oath stop? I guess, Erwin, <clears throat> I guess it stopped if you're on a uh, private road. I guess so. Road. <laughs> which... which you know, looking at looking at maps I've looked at, I don't know where they call it, where that's considered a private road. It, it doesn't show it's a private road on any of the um, maps that I went and looked up. You know, it's all part of North American Drive. I don't know if, if that whole North American Drive, because it's a huge, it's a huge spread out um, industrial area. If that's the whole thing's considered private or what? But you know, if it's private, then why are you here? Yeah. I wanted to ask Tom and Tom and Hal if they've ever um uh had an experience. They're both veteran drivers. Have have either of you, Tom Kirk and Hal Kaya, uh had an experience like this? And if so, you know, could you share it? <coughs> well, well go ahead, let's start with Hal. Okay, well myself. The only time I ever had anything even close to that was I can't hear you, Hal. I say the only time I ever had an issue like that was when I was down in the Atlanta, Georgia area making a delivery, and the receiver turned around and told me where to park. He said, we got a bunch of other trucks up there. He says, we'll send somebody up there to get you when we're ready. I said, okay. I says, I'll go ahead and lay down. You don't have to beat the tar out of the truck to wake me up. I'm a light sleeper. They said, okay. Well, I went up there. It was about 10 o'clock at night. I woke up 8 o'clock the next morning, and when I walked down there and asked what was going on, they said, well, who are you? And I told them, they said, well, you should have been in here last night. I said, I was in here last night. Your shipping manager, your terminal manager for the night shift was supposed to send somebody up here to wake me up and let me know when they had a door ready for me, and nobody came up. So they left me in the dark on that one. Plus, they turned mm-hmm. around and told me I'd pay, what, $150 in order to reschedule and come and get back into the dock, which I thought mm-hmm. was ridiculous. But, <laughs> well, what do you do? Yeah. That's Atlanta, 
is there. But, yeah, being left out and disregarded like that, no, it's uncalled for. The, you know, and like I just posted up there, I mean, it, it's common sense. Even Richard said it. You know, common sense says you let people know what's going on. I mean, just because they're truck drivers to deliver product to you, if something is happening and you're going to be leaving, you've got trucks out there, you let them know what's going on. At that point, to me, at that point, you're responsible for those drivers out there because you haven't told them a darn full thing. And they, they're going to wake up and wonder, well, what the heck? And nobody's there. Right. Everybody has a, well, it's not my job, you know. That, that's unfortunately. Well, it's, it's really a, a humanity problem is what it is, and, it's, and because it's so acceptable in the trucking industry and people are not made accountable, okay, that it, it goes on. But really it's a, it's a humanity issue that, that needs to be addressed, and unfortunately, unless things like this are exposed, People don't change. People only change, or not all people, but some people who, who have you know not a high uh, level of integrity, uh, only change when it's going to affect them, but not another person. Uh, Tom, are you still on the line? Yep. Yes, I am, Donna. Do you have uh, a story, or or have you gotten away with all this kind of stuff? Have I ever gotten stuck in, in a snowstorm or something like that because of shipper or receiver? No, but a lot of times what has happened to me is I'll show up at a shipper or receiver on shift A, and they're like, oh, we'll get a hold of you at whatever time, and then I go in a few hours later or the next morning or whenever to check on things, and, and like Hal said, uh, who are you? Because the previous shift never bothered to tell the next shift, oh, we have drivers sitting here. Uh, okay. and, 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 and that happens, I think, all too often. Uh, I mean, at one of the major beef, beef pit lands, I sat for almost 24 hours getting my rate reworked because three shifts in a row, nobody bothered to tell the shift that I was there. I would keep going in every few hours, going, what's going on, what's going on? And, and that's where I, I developed what I call my paranoid personality. Uh, yeah. If I don't hear from them after about two or three hours, I actually will set mm -hmm. an alarm for about three hours. I'll get up. I'll walk in going, hey, what's going on? Uh, and especially since I did go to college out south of, of the Buffalo, New York area, the first thing is that, that you learn in that area, um, if there's a weather forecast, they lie. Uh, because mm -hmm. with the lake effect, they never know, honestly, what's going to happen out there. So oh, they'll yeah. give you a prediction. So, I mean, the thing is, I've, I've seen days where I've decided, oh, I'm going to stop early because there's this huge snowstorm coming that never materializes. So then, of course, you're kind of like, well, you know what, I should have went. And it, you, you can money back, money back quarterback all you want as to whether or not you should have done this or should have done that. But really what it comes down to is you can only make an educated guess out there, hope you make the right call, and then if the cards fall your way, great. If they don't fall your way, well, then you have to deal with it the next day. But the ultimate problem is this company should have handled things a lot better, number one. No, number two, we got all these ambulance-chasing lawyers that go after these you know, truck drivers for causing these accidents. Maybe mm -hmm. with some of these ambulance-chasing lawyers need to start going after some of these, these shippers and receivers when they jeopardize Absolutely. Dri drivers' health. 
uh, that would be, I think, a public service. Maybe, maybe I just gave one of them an idea. But I think the big picture that we're missing here is for the new drivers who listen to your show or maybe drivers who have been out here for a while and don't run the north, I think maybe some of us who are experienced need to go through the basics that you should always have on your truck. You know, you should have at least a gallon of water per day. I try of a winter to carry somewhere between 5 and 10 gallons of water all, at all times, not just for me. But if I get stranded someplace, somebody else might need water. You know, food of, of different types, a way to heat your food, can opener, uh, you know, food that's non-perishable, extra blankets. Because, you know, if, you're, if your diesel gels up for some reason, you lose heat, you need some way to stay warm. I mean, these may sound like common sense things, but it seems like every, every snowstorm you hear about drivers going, I'm out of my medicines, I'm out of this, I'm out of that, can somebody send me help? So... <laughs> You know, some of this sounds like common sense, but, I mean, those are just some of the basics. I mean, warm boots, gloves. Um, like I said, these are some of, the, some of the things that we might, you know, those of us who are experienced driving up north may take for granted, but there's some driver out there who might go, oops, I never thought of that. Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I just want to – well, hey, well, Go ahead. Just one more quick thing. The one, one thing that I recommend – from talking to a friend of mine, we got talking actually about safety kits that you should carry on a truck. And lo and behold, three days later, she broke down and her safety kit that we had talked about putting together had come in handy. But the one thing that she didn't have in her safety kit that I think every driver should have, a uh, one of those backup battery chargers for cell phones uh, that you can you know run you know recharge your cell phone off of an emergency or whatever. Uh, yeah. You can get them in truck stops now for twenty to thirty dollars. The really good ones have a built-in solar cell. I mean, it'll take forever and a day to charge your phone. But the thing is, if something goes wrong, that may could mean the difference between life and death for somebody in the right circumstance. And, you know, that's one of the things nowadays with our reliance on cell phones for communications. If you don't have a backup battery in your vehicle, um, I don't care if you're a truck driver or a, a or a four-wheeler or who you are, you should have one of those batteries that you carry with you. Right, right. Well, you know, I, just bringing up uh, a while ago, and um, <clears throat> Richard, help me out with this, but I think it was uh, Congressman DeFazio brought up about um, a law that would make shippers and receivers pay detention time. Uh, that was supposed to speed up this kind of, and you really can't because it's a private. Um, I mean, it, it just—it's crazy to have private uh, enterprise, you know, be under regulations. And I think they knew that. But why does it have to come to the point where you have to be told, regulated, and get to that point? You know what I mean? I mean, shouldn't common sense really? kick in after a while or or empathy or integrity or words you know to that effect uh you can't regulate moral issues and unfortunately and and i and i said it's a very broad term but the problem is when you look at what the federal motor carrier you know and when you say regulate we obviously we, as the industry, look at the FMCSA. If you look at the right. FMCSA and what their basic bottom line uh, when Congress uh, did away with the ICC and they formed the FMCSA, the FMCSA is Federal Motor Carrier Safety. It's for re crash reduction 
and uh, safety of the highways. It's not a regulatory body per se that is supposed to be out there regulating shippers and receivers. Um, that falls under the National Labor Standards Act, uh, which is through, um, you know, other agencies. And unfortunately, trying to bring FMCSA in, FMCSA has no jurisdiction. And unfortunately, we seem to want to use regulations as, you know, they pertain to us, since we're so overregulated. Well, why can't they regulate shippers and receivers? Uh, what are you going to regulate? You're going to regulate the disruption of interstate commerce? Well, there's no right. ICC anymore. So by, you know, saying that, what agency in Washington uh, is in charge of that? And it, it, and let me say this. That's an unfortunate situation sure. because Washington has a tendency today to pass the buck to another agency that passes the buck to another agency. And, you know, the in, and, and industry has a very large lobby group. And, you know, you're up against some, some you know, pretty pretty important people. But bottom line, it comes down to the, the, the almighty dollar. I mean, right. you know, what is the cost effectiveness of a shipper or receiver worrying about the conditions that the drivers have, have some of the shippers that- and receivers that I've dealt with over the years – you know, have they tried to provide? Yes, they've tried to provide, uh, you know, accommodations for drivers. What have drivers have done? Eh, they kind of messed it up, you know. Right. And and we're we're not talking. I mean, and we know there is there is a few people out there in our industry that don't have a higher standard of of um, uh, health. <laughs> And cleanliness mm-hmm. that the rest of us do, and unfortunately, that's cost a lot of a lot of people. And the stories you're hearing today are not that much different than what we heard years ago. You know, I mean, the situation that Irvin ran into. I totally, I've been there. I've done that. Only mine was done many many years ago. But it was with no know, cell they phone. Had the same attitude. Yeah, I mean, so you know, it's nothing has changed from '77 to 2014. You know, when Buffalo gets a storm, they all go home, and they really right. don't care what happens to a driver. Now, that being said, I would think that common sense would tell somebody that deals with truckers every day, like the people on the loading dock, you've got people out here that are just about to become stranded. You might want to check to see, like, if they have an APU um, if they have, you know, it's like, hey, man, we're going home, and things are going to get really bad, and we're looking at possibly being snowed in for a couple of days. Are you all right? Um, you know, maybe even in yeah. this case of an emergency, unlock the doors that's, and let, you know, let the people in the office. Right. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What what I wanted to say that was kind of putting it good, right? How he put that was. See that the the part of me being stuck for those days that that wasn't a big deal. Like I said, when I woke up Tuesday morning and I realized my truck wasn't moving, I'm buried under three and a half feet of snow. I, at that Where point, are you going, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going anywhere, you know. And and that part of it doesn't bother me. I mean, you know, it's no fun. I mean, I mean, and that happens. And I, and I'm one of those guys who. 
I've had plenty of food. I've got the APU. I've got the refrigerator. I've got my water. Right. I've got my boots. I've got everything but the darn snow shovel that's still in my garage at the house. But anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> a snowblower and story. buffalo. But, snowblower. <laughs> but that's that's where, you know, I think it, like some people are saying, you know, you should you should know these storms or you should know. That, you know, the whole thing was I wasn't upset that they that it's not their fault, and I don't blame that place that – that, that I got stuck there for three days. What what I what I blame or not really blame them for. What I say shame 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 on you for is exactly what he said they should have done, which was at least give me the courtesy of saying, "Hey man, we're closing the plant. Are you going to be okay out there? If not, yeah. Hey, guess what? Absolutely. I have to drive home, and it's through town. I could drop you off at a motel. I mean." Really, I, even if they'd have just called me and said they were closing the plant, I, I, I would have, you'd have never seen as much ruckus from me. All you'd have seen was, oh, I'm stuck here for three days in a snowstorm. Well, big deal. That happens, to, you know, but you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it, it's yeah. exactly that. I'm not, I'm not upset that I got stuck there for three days. I'm upset because these people didn't call me when they knew I was out there, me or the other five drivers that were out there, when they all had our cell phone numbers and knew we were waiting on docks. And, 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 and Irv, they were going to call wanna, us when I, they had a doctor already. And, Irv, I want to say this on your behalf as well, because we've all done it. Everybody out there has done it. We do a lot of things before approaching storm to try to get done and get out of there. Uh, and if you're familiar with the Buffalo, Rochester area, like oh, I am, yeah. Lackawanna and all up there, I mean, that stuff can mm-hmm. happen in the winter so fast. And, oh, yeah. yeah, you might know what's going on, but, yeah, I want to get my load on, and I want to get out of here. I want to get on the other side or south of the lake, you know. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, load me and get me out of here. And, you know, you know it's, it's just it, it's just like when you were backing down in the dock, and, and it was slick. I, I had an old guy from Rochester years ago who told me, he said, keep a gallon of bleach. I said, a gallon of bleach? He said, yeah, because when when, in Buffalo it's so cold that when the first comes in, it has a tendency to ice over. And a a, a one-inch thin sheet of ice in a loading dock is more treacherous than six inches of snow. I can back under six inches of snow. I can't slide down a dock on one inch of ice. But what I found, especially when you were empty, if you got out and you poured that bleach on your your drive tires, it it would melt. It would run down the tires in the grooves, and it would run down and melt just enough to where you could get into the dock. And then once I got weight on my drives, I could manipulate and move a lot better. So getting into the dock is the hardest part. Once you get in there and you can get a guy on a forklift to put the stuff on your trailer, pretty good chance you're going to get out of that dock. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been out here for 22 years. I I never heard of the bleach trick. That's awesome. Yeah. All of this could have, I mean, and, but how did I learn it? I learned it because I was sitting there like an idiot with my, with, you know, when my power divider kicked in, spinning and not going anywhere. And the old guy walked up to me and spit a jaw out, and he said, hand me a gallon of bleach. And he said, you want to get in the dock? Do this. And ever since then, every truck I ever, every fleet I ever managed that went where it was snow had a gallon of bleach in their truck. Yeah. You know. That's cool. That's, that's you know, it's Dollar it's General, not that expensive either. Nine, right? Gee. But but the thing is, that's one of the things that that the, the that the people there do have a responsibility, and I see I see the lack of communication, the breakdown, 
that went down is somebody could have come out and said, man, we're going home. It's bad. It's going to get worse. Um, you know, my suggestion to you, if you can get out now, get out, because we're not loading you. And right. yeah. I think that at least you could have gotten to a facility where you were safe, you had something to eat, you were comfortable. I didn't have a sleeper. I didn't have an APU. Hell, I didn't even have power steering back in those days. So at least they came out and told me as they were locking the door, we're leaving. And I got to Bob Hill and, and was in a motel where you didn't have that option. And I, and that's where I see the breakdown there. I think it was an incident that you were involved in. I think it was an incident that wasn't handled right. But in saying that, what I think is the CEO, Mr. Wilson, <laughs> I wish his name was Adams. But anyway, Mr. <laughs> Wilson would have at least taken – the incentive to say, Irv, we're sorry. Uh, right. It could have been handled That's what different. I, said. I apologize for the people there. And, you know, let us all learn from this incident and then maybe set a precedent and a standard for his company. If there is a situation that there's going to be weather, then, you know, let's let's have, a, a you know, an obligation to the people that are moving our freight to say, it's Buffalo, man. Things are bad. You know, things are right. coming in bad. We're getting out of here. Maybe you ought to do the same. And that right. doesn't take, it doesn't cost any money, and it doesn't take any time. That was the whole point. That's, right. That's the absolutely. point. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, they should have just, you, you know, it was just. Do you think that will change its policy? Hopefully, hopefully now that, you know, a lot of people are going to hear hear this and they read it on Facebook and Twitter and wherever, I mean, hopefully they'll go, you know, make up an apology now. Right. I mean, and that's, you know, and that's when I spoke to, to Mr. Wilson myself, I told him, I said, you know, what you do with this is is what you do with this. I said, what I hope you do with this is relay this on to your lower management to 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 make this an issue to to make it so this doesn't happen again. I said, you know, I said, you know, what, you know, that's that's why, you know, that's why I'm on the phone with you. I told him, and he, you know, he didn't apologize to me, but he did say, uh, you know, he did say, you know, I'm going to look into this more, and you know, I'm the C. He wasn't, he didn't say he was a CEO. I think he said he was a CEM or something, executive manager or whatever. And he said that, you know, there's some other people, there's, yeah, he said there's some other stuff, some other people that could probably look into this a little bit more. And he says, here's how he put it. He says, you may get a phone call. I said, I would appreciate it. I said, you know, I'm open to that. I said, you know, again, you know, the reason I'm talking to you is to let you know, you know, from the driver who was there, not the people who have called you that are feeling my plight, I said, but now you've heard from the man who was there. And and what he right. does with it, I don't know. Will it change at that company? I don't know. I Hopefully. hope so. I hope, I hope when things happen like this or what we're trying to do here, you know, it takes one driver at a time to change things out here. You know, I, I do training, too, and I always, I always tell my students that, you know, you're going to see things out here that are – that are drivers that are going to, you're going to look at them and think, my God, you know, our colleagues out here, some of them aren't the brightest. Some of them aren't the cleanliest, you know, so so on and so forth. But it just takes one, it just takes that one drive, you know, it just takes, 
one driver, you know, each time to make a difference. And and if 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 we can somehow, I, I I've always prayed as long as I've been in this business, and, and I've seen some things change for a little bit, and you know, this or that, but but one one person at a time takes it upon them to do the right thing out here. Eventually, we could get to where we should be as an industry. I mean, we 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 really, if you think about it, as drivers, as an industry, we hold this country up. But yet, right. over the years, we don't get the we don't get. I mean, of course, I'm probably getting into a whole new show we get into. But any, anyways, I'll get off the pulpit on that. But you know what I'm saying is, yeah. you know, one driver at a time, one company at a time. One, one dispatcher at a time, whatever it takes, you know. But, but we have to do it, you know, in a way where people understand. And 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 like you said, as drivers, we all know this stuff goes on. And what you guys are trying to do is awesome. We need to get this out to everybody, so the public understands. We're not just well, we're not just some we're, yeah. we're trying to reach the public. The road. Yeah, I hear you. I well, we can get we're, there. We're, yeah, I think we can, and I think I think uh, with our with our North American trucking alerts, um, I think it will. And we we have a huge vision and a lot of optimism for this. And we haven't the total launch isn't for another five days, Tuesday the twenty fifth. However, there's a lot of people excited and are waiting for it, and um, and we look forward hey, to real change. Hi, who is that's that? What, that's what we're. Donna, this Who? is Deb. This hey, is Deb. Deb. I, need to say, I need to say something real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Irwin, I want to commend Irwin for talking to the CEO in a manner. Yeah, like I was thinking of the same thing. So was He's I. an intelligent individual. I have seen so many postings where drivers go off in the language they use, the racist remarks, right. the foul language. I just I want to commend him. For talking yep. with the CEO in a manner that the CEO would actually listen to him. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thank for for mentioning that, Deb, because yeah, it's thank true. You, Deb. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, Deb, and, and thank I, you, Irvin, because you did more for the industry by talking in an intelligent manner than by just saying, "What the heck did you do? You left me out here <laughs> like I was going to have a piece of meat." You know, and yes, I agree with Deb 100%. How you handled yourself is 90% of the problem resolved. Yeah, and that's well, good. You. I was going to give every I was going to give everybody a chance for final comments. Our our uh, minutes are winding down here, but Deb, Rich, thanks, and I was thinking the same thing. But Heather, uh, just about a minute or so. Uh, any final comments here? Um, I just. I- I'm glad he's finally out. Erwin's finally out of where he's at and on his way to safety. And, you know, he's basically traveling right by my house. So, hey, I'm waving to you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and thanks for getting know. that out on Facebook. Uh, and thanks. I think um, there's a few people that were spreading it around. Um, I forgot Gary uh, Warden's um, wife's name, but I think she got it out there. And, of course, Beth, obviously. But yeah, yeah. We appreciate uh using social media. Yeah, I mean it really it really, really helped, Heather. We really appreciate it. Uh Hal, any final comments here as we're closing down here? Well, I mean I'll I'll just echo the sentiment. Uh 
to, to Heather, you know, thanks for getting that word out. And then uh, Gary Worden's wife sent it to me and asked me, should, should I post this? And I said, heck yeah. You know, What's her first think, name? Uh, Libby. Well, Elizabeth. Libby, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, but I, I also thanked her for going ahead and get, get definitely, you know, getting it out there and help Heather get the word out. Uh, it's something that, you know, this is the, some of the issues we need to address is, you know, as shippers, as receivers, the trucking companies themselves, drivers, responsibility, and, and, and like Urban did, by taking the right steps and having a polite, uh, professional, reasonable conversation uh, with somebody in charge of the facility. All right. Well, you're kind of breaking up on us, but we get it. Yes, it's that professionalism that means so much. Uh, Dave, uh, any final comments here real quick? Uh, yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, uh, again, thinking back when I was running the operation over there, I mean, I had to, uh, you know, I was under the gun uh, for efficiency. And so are the managers that are at these docks, or at a shipper's dock. They have to, you know, they have to uh, manage their man hours with their with their dock, dock people. And part of that is working back and forth with the communication with the drivers that are at route. And, uh, you know, you can run into a lot of overtime and excessive costs, just by not communicating properly with the drivers. I mean, it's 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 a fine-tuned machine, uh, and communication is a big part of it. So, uh, you know, as a driver, if I had a problem like that, I would probably kind of put it in that perspective, too. You know, we're talking storms here, but I'm just talking about in general. You know, if you don't want a guy, if a guy's not there, you know, and, and you don't make a phone call as a manager, to find out what's going on, and you guys got you got guys sitting on the clock. Uh, you know that's that's something that upper management that'll that'll you know turn the light on. You know, so if you if you approach right. it from that standpoint too, you know, because that's you know that's what they care about too. It's, it's really big about. Well, that that's why that you know he he said he was going to look into it, Dave, and uh, hopefully he will. And then maybe the this they can have different policies over there, um, more you know considerate policies of the of the people, the men and women who load and unload. Yeah, stepping up for the responsibility. Tom Kirk, any final comments here? Uh, a couple of things. First of all, um, the Heather and everybody else who helped spread the word about this. Thank you, Donna Allen. Thanks for the show. You may want to consider um, sending a copy of this to uh, Mr. Wilson via email just so he can kind of listen, you know, to what the industry thinks of this situation uh, and, and some of the driver's opinions on this. Erwin, uh, once again, thank you for maintaining your professionalism, and it, it shows that when you are professional and treat others with respect and professionalism, people are going to take you more seriously. And, you know, kind of a tip for drivers, if you have trouble keeping your temper in situations like this, that's what your dispatcher is for. That's what your, your boss is for. Send a message on the Qualcomm or call and tell them this is what's going on. You know, I've got situations all the time where it's like, you know what, they don't pay me to handle this. I go back to my truck, tell them this is what's going on here. My company calls and takes care of it, and more often than not, 
within 15 minutes to an hour or two, whatever the problem was, has been resolved. And I didn't have to say a word to anybody. I just look at them, smile, sweetly, and go, thank you very much. Have a nice day. And they're muttering and saying all sorts of nasty things about me. And I never raised my temper, never lost, you know, Got a nasty tone with them. Pretty much, it's okay, no problem. I'll go out of the way to my truck and you know let my company could get do the getting mad. I found for me right. it's more effective that way. And then the other tip is that I heard somebody say is uh, I, I've heard mixed things about the bleach on tires. I've heard it actually damages your tires more than it does good. Um, a lot of other drivers have told me carry a box of kitty litter uh, because it gives you a little extra weight and things like that. Uh, but the uh, other thing is with, my snow shovel. And the other thing is though is, is you're going to laugh. I have my snow shovel strapped to the back of my truck. It doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees outside, I'm in Arizona, or if it's minus 20 and I'm in North Dakota. I've got my snow shovel on my truck year-round, and I've actually sometimes had to use it over the summer for a couple different things where I least expected. I either had to sweep my, re- sweep my reefer out to pick up a mess so I didn't leave it all over the parking lot of the shipper, receiver, whatever it might be. But I've I found that shovel just as useful of a summer sometimes as it has been of a winter. So, I mean, just because it's a snow shovel doesn't mean, you don't, you, doesn't mean it comes off the truck in the summer. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay, uh, listen, I'm yes. tough on time here. I'm trying to get Beth, and then, Urban, you can have the last few seconds here. But, Beth, uh, okay. final comments. I know you have some. Uh, my final comments would be, you know, just basically thanking everybody for all the help we've received um, and just educating and, you know, treat each other with respect. I mean, really, that's the bottom line. That's why we're all here. So, And, honey, yeah. I thank you. love you. <laughs> all right, Erwin. I'll give you the last word here. It was a good show. Appreciate everybody, uh, you know, their thoughts and their ideas. Glad you are out and safe. So uh, final thoughts here. You have about a minute. Well, I'm just going to basically kind of thank again. I mean, first of all, for me, the glory goes to God because the way I look at it was those three days of snow I got stuck into, I'd have never met all of you. This is uh, – I'm really looking forward to moving forward with what you guys are doing. I want to somehow, when I get time, to get involved with you all. Uh, And I just want to thank everybody for their kind thoughts, their concerns, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can change things because that's how we have to do it as an industry is through the drivers. And, again, just thank you to everybody. And, honey, I love you, too. And, God, if I can get there, I'm going to be home by Turkey Day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, sounds good. Well, I'm glad you and all the other drivers are safe and it all worked out okay. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll have to uh, wind this broadcast of Truth About Trucking live down. We are cutting it short, but we will be right back. Hang with us. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. 
Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas, but they never work for trucking companies. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. And when you call truckerlawyers.com, be sure to mention that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. Oh, good show. Okay, Donna, cutting it close. What do you got? Okay, just a couple of things. Is Tom still on the line? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Tom, I just want to talk about our show we're going to be on tomorrow morning, um, Road Wellness with, um, <clears throat> what, now help me here, Rolling Strong, Bob Perry. Tom, are you still there? Oh, he might he might not be listening. Okay, Tom okay. and I are going to be. Can you hear me be, now? There yeah, he is. Can you hear me I now, can hear you. Yeah, it's Bob Perry's Rolling Strong uh, Health Call. He has, has one every Saturday. It's free to drivers. Um, they try to do some health tips and pick up industry news, whether it's either uh, sometimes it's uh, best practices on how to make your truck run more efficiently in your finances because you stop and look at it. If you're stressed about your money, your health is not going to be very good. Um, so how they can they to get pick- to that show? Uh, <clears throat> there's an 800 number to call. I unfortunately don't have it in front of me. I don't know if you do, Donna, or not. But you, yes, uh, a, if not, I didn't know one. if there was a link they could go to. Also, is um, it just the, if, the number? You can you can find it on roll. The link is on rollingstrong.com. But you have to physically call in on that number and put in the pin code. Uh, if for okay. some reason you can't make the conference call, you can um, go to their website. It usually takes them between a day to three days, depending on how fast the IT guy is to get it up. Uh-huh. Um, but they usually put it up. Um, <laughs> If you, if you, um, I know my, when my website re- fully relaunches here on December 1st, I'll make sure there's a link to it on there, and I'll make sure I put it on my Facebook for road tested living as well. Uh, but yeah, but um, if people want are not sure how to get it, get it, and they want more information, they can email me at road tested living. That's road tested l i v i n g at gmail dot com. Um, I'll be more than happy to email them with the information back. Um, I'll put oh, and I'm going to put program. it up on Ask the Trucker, Tom. I have the phone number yes. in the pin, and we'll put the um, the link up too. So I'm pretty excited about that. So we'll we'll be on there tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And, uh, and, we'll and, just and I know have they're excited to have you too, Donna. So um, well, I know the uh, conversation I had with them them this week, they, with the emails and stuff, they were really excited to have you. For and particularly with all that you and Alan do for the industry, for drivers and their and their information in general, but also for driver health, they're they're real excited to have you on. Oh, wonderful! Well, that's great. It's going to be a great show. I just want to throw out thirty seconds. 
the Tuesday, November 25th. You go to www.northamericantruckingalerts.com, the final unfolding and reveal of this website. You can go to there now, watch the video, uh, and do the sign-up form, read about it. And then Tuesday, you're going to see some great things, including a trucking uh, forum for drivers. It is a membership, so to, in order to be in the forum, you have to be a member. And drivers, you're free, okay? Uh, yeah, a one-year free membership for drivers. So uh, I think it's going to be great. But now, how does that work? I mean, do you have the 800 number? You said yes, you have an 800 yeah, number, but now does now, everybody need the same pin? Yes, it's 866. This is for tomorrow's call on uh, Rolling Rolling Strong's Road Wellness with Bob Perry. Um, 866-951-1151. And that pin number is 973-0344. So... Um, you know, and I guess I guess you can go to the website too that I'm going to post, and it'll all be up there. Okay, tomorrow morning 9 a.m. Right? Uh, tomorrow morning 9 a.m. I hear the music playing. I guess that means that I have to. That is it. Thanks everybody. <laughs> really great show. Appreciate it, Irwin. Thanks for sharing your story. We will catch you next time. Until then, drive safe, everybody. Thanks for listening.